Now imagine going to the driving range, teeing up the ball, and hitting the ball so hard with your driver that you end up cracking the golf ball. Not once, but multiple times during your range session. Now I'm great at imagining things, I am. But this one was hard for me to wrap my head around. This happens all the time to lawn drive guys. And by the way, side note, I think your penis should grow an inch every time you crack a golf ball because you deserve it. I mean, I've hit some amazing golf shots and and some bombs, but I have never come close to cracking a golf ball. When I saw Kyle Berkshire's video late last year of him smashing the world's longest drive at 579 yards, I was intrigued by not only him and his beautiful hair, but the long drive scene in general. And what's crazy to me is his ball speed was 233 miles per hour. The fastest ball speed on the PGA Tour is Cam Champ, and that's around 180, like the high 180s. It's like a 45 mile an hour difference. 230 mile per hour ball speed is not something that even thought was possible a few years ago. Like in August, 2022, Berkshire says on an Instagram post that showcased a video of him breaking 236, a world record at the time. This is one of my proudest moments of all time. I've been working my tail off for the last three years to scratch and claw my way from 230 mile per hour to the next speed benchmark of 235 miles per hour. Now in October, this past year, October 2023, he would set another world record of 241 miles per hour ball speed. This is really the story of the four minute mile reincarnated. And like all other savants in their respective sport, there are really two things I see that have changed for the long drive boys. Number one, mindset. When you start believing anything is possible, it becomes possible. Something a walk off albatross taught me, and I bring it up all the time. These guys give me shit for it, but it, that's what it taught me. Now, the other is training. Now, in today's world, data-driven insights, it's possible now to train so specifically that you can target precise points in the swing to drastically increase your swing speed, which ultimately reflects ball speed. In today's episode, I'm so excited to share the story of two competitors who may have a jump on all the major swing aid brands with their new speed training aid called Speed Toad. And what makes them immediately credible? Other than them both being successful at competing on the long drive professional tour, one of them just recorded an incredible 240 mile per hour ball speed on social. And this is, he's probably one of like two or three people on the planet to do it. And the other recorded a drive of over 433 yards in competition last year. Now, let me bring you back to that original question. Can you imagine cracking multiple golf balls in an average range session? This is a common thing for these boys, common problem. Bryce and Sam from Speed Toad share their long drive journeys on this week's episode of Did I Tell You About My Albatross? Did I tell you about my albatross? Hey, yo, here we go. Come on. Welcome to another episode of Did I Tell You About My Albatross? I'm your host, Albie. This is the golf podcast for honest degenerates. It's like teaming up with your favorite foursome every week and diving into the best stories in and around golf. You guys ready to tee off? Let's go. Man, I really appreciate you guys hopping on here. I, I, I wanted to reach out to you because, first of all, I've been following you guys on social for quite a while, and I just love what you're doing there. I mean, for one thing, just so you guys know a little bit about me, I am a swing aid 
like guru. Like it's just my thing. Like I'm the guy at the country club that have I have like 45 swing. Like literally, I actually have 38. I counted them. I'm doing this new segment. Actually, <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm doing this new segment called Swing Aid Saturday, where I'm going to break down uh, all these swing aids that I have just in my garage and just give people my honest opinion because a lot of them are like snake oil. And then every now and then you'll find a really good one that works. And I got to tell you, man, like I got yours in the mail probably about a week, week and a half ago. And, uh, and I've only had a chance to use it twice, but I love it. Like, I think, I think it could really, I think it could really improve things. So we'll awesome. I'm going to pick your brain a little bit about that, but let's just start with some introductions, man. If you don't mind just introducing yourself, I think that'd be, that'd be great. So yeah, Bryce Mooney, um, Sam and I both live in the Nashville area. Um, I'm just outside in Franklin, Tennessee. And, um, I played baseball growing up as a lot of long drivers did. And, um, through college played at university of Washington, Oregon state. And then I was a pitcher, my shoulder gave out. And so for like the next nine years after baseball, I decided to run, run long distance. So I ran marathons for like nine years, totally random. I never ran long distance before that. They'd make the pitchers run like a mile and it was death to me. <laughs> I ran marathons for nine years and then uh, kind of got tired of it and figured I'd take up long drive. And that's kind of how I got in the sport almost two years ago now. That's crazy, man. I'm a little bit less crazy than running marathons. So my name is Sam. Um, I played baseball when I was little and ended up getting sick and had some health issues. So I had to pick a sport that I had to play by myself, basically, whenever I wanted. I couldn't organize it around a team. So we lived on the golf course. So I started picking up golf and, you know, shooting 120 the first couple of times out. And then within the next year, I became a scratch golfer and made my high school team. And I golfed for a couple of years, ended up getting to a plus three handicap, had the scholarship to play golf at the college in a small little NAIA school, and then ended up having more health issues. So that kicked my butt again. And I took a hiatus from golf for like five years and just started picking up a club again about two years ago now and immediately got back in the long drive. I was hitting the ball pretty far in high school. And so that always piqued my interest because I got kind of bored hitting four irons off every tee and then, you know, hit the green and you either one putt or two putt and they got very repetitive. So I started getting into the habit of trying to drive every green like most long drivers do. And so when I came back into golf, I was like, I knew exactly where I needed to be. This is fascinating to me, man. Let me just say a little bit about me. So I, I, um, I'm down here in Tampa and, uh, and I've got two little ones. So I used to be, I used to be a lot better at golf. Like I don't, I don't golf as often as I, I still, it's still a huge passion of mine. I'm like a four or five handicap, but dude, I have, I'd love to get your opinion on, on this, by the way, I have what could be one of the greatest golf. No, this is going to sound really arrogant and cocky. And I don't mean to, I don't, I don't mean for it to be, it, it's just a lucky shot. I get it. But dude, it could be possibly one of the luckiest shots of all time. So let me paint a picture here for you. 2020, member, member, uh, my buddy and I, two-day tournament, we get up to the 18th tee, par five, we finish on this hole called Pine One at our club, and I hit I hit a good drive, which was surprising because I was all over the place that whole entire weekend, but a good drive, goes in the fairway, I was like 240-ish, uh, 247 out, and uh, I hit a 3-wood, it goes in. That's not even the crazy part. We go in and we turn our scorecard in and we find out like we didn't have live scoring or anything, but we find out that going into that hole, we were three shots back from the lead. So with that three wood albatross walk off, we ended up tying for the win in the tournament. So like, that's my claim to fame in golf. Like I'm not like, but 
That's insane. <laughs> it's crazy. Dude, I thought I was going to be famous. Like, I thought right away, like, Scott Van Pelt's going to be interviewing me. Like, I thought I'm going to be on, like, I, I thought I'm going to be doing, like, I didn't know if it was Fallon. Like, I was going to have to choose. Like, none of that happened. Like, no one cares, dude. No one cares about my gosh, <laughs> that, right? So, like, I'm like, all right. Everyone's so sick of me talking about it. I'm going to start a podcast and tell the entire world about it until I do get interviewed by Scott Van Pelt or until I do get, like, you know, my name out there. But I guess my point of describing all of that is, like, that's my, so that's my connection with golf. Like, basically, this whole podcast and everything is about, like, how anything's possible. Like, it literally, change things. Like for me, I'm, I'm actually a sales guy. That's what I do for a living. I work for a large tech company and uh, I'm in outside sales. But like I like for me, I've lived my entire life differently now because I feel like anything truly is possible. And so I love I love like having stories like you guys, like everyone wants to be able to hit the ball farther. Like that's just like it's so funny because I feel like even when I'm driving the ball really well, if I if I just focus on like my short game and like chipping and putting, I usually, I mean, that would be a much better, much better approach. But like for you guys, I mean, it is such a huge advantage to be able to drive it and then drive it consistently like farther. Like at what point did you guys realize like, oh, wait, like I could actually do something like from a long drive perspective. Your story is like the epitome of why we play golf because <laughs> it's that one shot. It's the one shot that keeps you coming back. And whether it's a good drive or an albatross, that is, that's Thanks. awesome. Awesome. Thank you. No, Sam, go ahead. That's exactly. I just read the story online and it was a woman's like second time playing golf with her husband who's been playing for 20 years and she gets a nine, nine, nine and then 115 yards. She hits a hole in one with a driver on a par three <laughs> and then goes nine, nine, nine. <laughs> that was the shot that probably kept her coming. Of course. Back. That's great. Wow. So for me, again, I hit a long way in high school. So it always piqued my interest to be like, Oh, I wonder if I can do a long drive event. So me and my dad drove out. We lived in Arizona at the time. We drove out to California for a local qualifier event. And I got to hit in this local qualifier and ended up going 393. And I needed like 398 in that set to end up advancing to the regional qualifier. And I was like, I can do this. I'm 17. I absolutely can do this. And actually it was the next month that I had my health issues kick up and I had to stop playing golf. But that event right there was Kyle Berkshire's first event, too. He was in that local qualifier. So as I'm in bed, basically bedridden for five years, I'm watching him live out the career that I always thought I could have. And I was always in the position of saying, you know what? Like, that could be me. That could have been me. And I think a bunch of people started getting tired of hearing me, except for my mom and dad, who are going, yeah, that could have been, and it will be one day. And I was like, I'm sick. I can't do Like, that's not me anymore. And they kept saying it and saying it and saying it. So finally, when I picked it back up, it was immediately like, all right, now I got to show everyone like that still can be me. Oh, that's awesome, man. How's your health right now? A lot better. I'm still dealing with stuff kind of continually. It'll be a battle for a while. So I have Lyme disease. I also had a traumatic brain injury. So that's kind of a battle that might never go away. But I have my good times, I have my bad times. But luckily, by the grace of God, I am in a position where I can train the majority of the time. Oh, man. What a great story. Well, I mean, you know, it's just, dude, kudos to you, man. I, I think you're doing it. Like, I, 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 I sincerely believe that, like, I mean, truly anything, I mean, anything is possible, man. You just have to believe it. And you almost like, for me, at least, like in almost all aspects of my life, I've had to almost fake it until I made it. And then it just sort of happens. Like, you just sort of like play the role. And then it just, I don't, I don't know how to describe it but anyway man well well thanks for sharing that that's that's really interesting don't let sam cut himself short all while going through all that adversity um he just finished his doctorate 
this year and is now a doctor. So wow. congrats, dude. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I was a little study bug. So when I was home in bed, not doing anything, I ended up taking my bachelor's and master's concurrently. And then a second master's concurrently with a PhD and doctorate. So I was having 36 course hours per semester, taking like quadruple loads. And just, that's all I was doing 12 hours a day just to try what was to your major? It. What was, what was it again? So a couple, I got a bachelor's in business. I have a master's in exercise science and I have a doctorate in natural medicine. So my actual career is helping people go through what I went through because I have a lot of the book knowledge mixed with real life experience. So I help a lot of people in that aspect. And then obviously the exercise science, I also have a lot of strength and conditioning certifications and sports nutrition and things like that. So I get to use that in my actual life of long drive and developing products like the speed toad. Well, I want to get into that. I mean, Bryce, I, I didn't mean to cut you off too. Were, were you going to say something before that? No, no, just throw Sam the kudos and then um, how uh, him and I met real quick. So I finished my last marathon in December of 21 in Memphis. Um, and in January, my golfing buddies, just like you, my Friday group was telling me, Bryce, you got to see how far you can hit it. You got to see how far you can hit it. And so I ran the, the marathon in December and then like two weeks later, my back is still just absolutely wrecked. And I get on my, my club's track man and I put up uh, like 185 ball speed, I think. And I was like, well, that's not fancy, but that's pretty good for like the condition of my body right now. I just ran 26 miles. So then I was like, well, let's see what I can do. This was in 2022. So last year. And so I get my, my we'll talk speed training aids. I get my light speed stick up to like 145 or 46, something like that. I was like, you know what? I, I should give this a go. And I create a little Instagram, which is now my Instagram. And like, I'm talking my third post. I, you know, put location Franklin, Tennessee, like second or third post. Sam messages me, hey, are you near Nashville? You're in Franklin? I was like, yeah. He's like, you want to come over and hit in my garage? I was like, uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Oh, wow. <laughs> and so that was like last July. And so ever since then, a year and a half, like every single Monday and sometimes, you know, a Friday, we'll hit together. We train. It's been like a year and a half. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> Forget my ignorance here on the long drive stuff. And I, and by the way, I did, you guys have a great like training. I mean, I guess series that, that goes along with the, with the aid, which we'll get into here in just a second. But I think like, how would someone like just get into it? Like, is, is there a specific type of, um, is there a specific type of coach or a specific type of instructor that you'd go to separate? That would be, you know, cause I, I go to a regular PGA, you know, professional. So there are a lot of different aspects of long drive. I mean, we were just talking, actually, we built the ball speed pyramid and the distance pyramid, which is if you want to hit the ball further, it starts by you got to have the right spin. You got to have the right angle of attack. You got to launch it correctly. But past that, you can't really obtain more distance. The next step is you need to gain ball speed because that's how the ball ends up going further. And from that to gain ball speed, you just have to hit it in the center of the face. Once you're tapped there, what comes next, which is club speed. So you can go to different coaches, normal PGA coaches for the first one and for the second one. But for the third one, it kind of takes a special coach to start developing that. One of the benefits of us is we ended up doing this all by ourselves. So we didn't have a coach. We sat in my garage and we figured it out ourselves and we looked at each other's swings and said, okay, well, you do this really well and I do this really well. Where's the disconnect in our swings? Like, how can I implement that in my swing and you implement this? And through training and practice and rep 
repetition after repetition, you start to develop more of a long drive swing, which is actually putting speed at the golf ball, optimizing flight a little bit. But the biggest thing is just over speed training. So that's where speed training aids come in with the speed toad and swing really fast. And then just hitting ball after ball to prep your nervous system to move faster and more efficiently. I feel like that's probably one of my biggest problems is because, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll hit a couple out of bounds or I'll hook like my, I'm, I'm a hooker. I'm, I, I'm actually, so the other, one of the co-hosts on our podcast, we call him Panda. We all go by our head covers. Like this guy just had an amazing Panda head cover when I met him and his first name is, I was wondering how that Panda yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, dude, his first name is really Lakin. And I'm like, I, I'm never going to remember that. I'm just going to call you Panda from now on. So, and so, yeah. And so of course I'm Albie because I got an albatross and, uh, and then my other buddies, his name's Shepard or Koala. We, we bounce around with him. But anyway, so, but my point is, is like, he's a, you know, he's a PGA teaching pro. And, um, and so, you know, he's been working with me for, you know, a couple of years now. And I mean, really good. He's actually, I've, I've seen a lot of instructors. He's actually really one of the, one of the better ones. But, you know, for me, I guess my point is like, he's got me as like a reformed hooker now, but I still, I'll still snipe a couple occasionally out of bounds. And when that happens, what what I'll naturally do is then I will try to um, almost ease up or almost be timid and don't like swing at the ball, almost steer it, which is even worse. Like, I feel like that just gets me, you know, it just gets the ball going even crazier. So I love what you're saying there, man. You just have to be aggressive and kind of swing at it, get the speed and like really, really be aggressive towards the ball, which... I don't know, man. We'll see. Hopefully, hopefully your your A can help me help me get there. Okay, so you guys met. You guys are, are training together. So I mean, that's that's cool on a couple fronts. One, I mean, one thing that just comes to mind immediately is like, you don't really hear of too many like competitive. I mean, you guys are technically kind of competing against one another in a lot of ways. I mean, it's kind of cool that you guys are actually training with each other. So I mean, that's that's kind of cool in its own right. How does that work? Well, I mean, I got to start by saying I got to jump in here. Hold on. Yeah, he's he's going to go there, but I got to give him the props first. We have faced each other twice in competition now, and I am 0 for 2. And every single Monday, I am faster than him. I hit the ball further than him. And he smoked me in competition every single time. So I'm 0 for 2 on that. There's your props, Bryce. Go ahead. Go ahead and say whatever. <laughs> Sam's got me by... <laughs> He's, he's the second man to ever eclipse 240 ball speed. So there's literally only like one or two people that hit a golf ball faster than Sam in the entire world ever. Wow. He's got me by like 20 miles an hour ball speed. Holy shit. That's crazy. So when you step on the box in long drive with a guy that you know is an, another worldly faster than you, it's really easy to like press and try to swing outside yourself and do something you're not capable of doing. And so I have been lucky enough twice to just put a couple bunts out there right down the middle, nothing impressive. And then Sam just happened to go out of bounds those two, uh, those two sets. And so if he squares one up against me, that probably will, will end the streak, the winning streak I have, but I'm, I'm up to two. <laughs> I'll stand by saying that that's my brotherly love for him, that I let him have those, even though I did. <laughs> I love that you guys train together. I mean, I'm, you know, I don't know, man, it's just a cool story. Franklin, by the way, Franklin, is that, oh, I'm thinking of Manchester. I was like, cause I, 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 I've been to Bonnaroo a few times and uh, I couldn't remember where, where that was at. And I actually, I'm from North Carolina originally and went to school up at Appalachian state and Boone. So, so I mean, I, I would get, I'll get it over to Tennessee quite a bit, man. I, I love it over there. So what's the schedule like? I mean, when, when is the, uh, you know, like when, when are you guys like, I guess like when are the tournaments primarily, or is there like, what's the season look like? You know, this year was 10 events plus the world championships. The first one was in Mesquite, Nevada in March, I believe late March. 
And then there's usually about once every three weeks, there's a tournament all the way from Nevada, all the way up to Connecticut, down to Hope Sound, Florida. There was actually two in Tennessee this year. And then the world championships was in Atlanta this year at uh, Bobby Jones golf course in like, I think that was mid October. So it's a good, I don't know, seven month season um, where it's about on average, I'd say every three weeks, there's a tournament. That's cool, man. Wait, tell me a little bit about how you guys decided to, to develop Speed Toad, and um, maybe if you can just t- tell the tell the millions of viewers out there that's going to be watching this thing, um, tell them a little bit about it, man. Like, what what? How'd you guys come up with it, and you know, tell tell us the story. Well, I'll start with the idea of how it came about. Is we had just like you, I mean, every speed training aid on the market, and we were training hard with them, and we were seeing a lot of progress in our speed training aids and our drivers were not getting faster. And we were trying to figure out that disconnect of, okay, why is this green speed stick start swinging faster? Why is my lag shot getting faster? Why is all these different things getting faster, but my driver hasn't budged? And we started discovering the effects of how important it is to actually train with your golf shaft because each shaft kicks differently, it flexes differently, and you have to optimize that in order to put speed into it. Whereas with something that's as stiff as a pole or some of these other training aids, you can get away with muscling it, not using your nervous system effectively, and ultimately not putting the speed directly at the ball. So it looks like you're getting faster, it feels like you're getting faster, but all of a sudden you're still not swinging faster nor hitting longer drives. So that's kind of where the idea came up of how can we effectively underweight speed train with our own driver shaft. Yeah, that underweight piece is we we identified early this year. That's that's the huge piece is when you go underweight and that speeds your club head and your swing up, that gets your nervous system and your muscles and your fast twitch system moving faster. It gets used to moving faster. And so once you're, let's say you're, you know, you're at 125 miles an hour club speed and you throw a speed tote on there and you're swinging at 130, that literally teaches your body to move 130 miles an hour. So then you throw your driver back in your hands and 125 becomes 126 because your brain and your body just moved 130. So it speeds up that process instead of just sitting there with your driver trying to crank out one mile an hour. It teaches your body to move faster. And and that's, yeah, that's kind of where we realized that underweight piece was huge. And then to Sam's point, what kind of driver do you swing there? I've got the paradigm. Paradigm. There you go. That's that's what I'm swinging. And with the shaft that you got, you know, you got fitted for that, that setup. That shaft works with your swing. It flexes the right amount at the right time in your downswing to maximize accuracy and speed. And so, you know, Sam mentioned we were swinging those stiff speed sticks and just we were getting faster with those, but not with our drivers. And so literally it started in like March. I went to Home Depot and bought like 45 washers and the longest screw. We didn't know drivers weigh about 195 grams. We didn't know, you know, is is 80 grams the right weight for this thing? Is 210 grams the right weight? And so we just kept stacking washers on and taking them off and finding the right weights that we liked that resulted in, you know, fast enough speeds to activate your nervous system, but not too light to where it's not activating the shaft. You know, if the shaft's not flexing like it does in your golf swing, well, then it's no, it's not mimicking. And so we kind of did the, the prototype testing there for months and, um, once we found that 140 gram weight that was ideal, then we kind of took it to that next step and uh, found someone to make us an actual prototype of, you know, aluminum. So wait a minute. So you're you're telling me that, and you guys have only known each other since last wait last July. Is that what you said? 
I think so, right? Wow. And you've already come out. <laughs> so this is crazy. So you've developed a product and then you've already like, you're bringing it to market. I mean, it's, it's live. So, I mean, you, you guys did all that within, but since like last July. Yeah. A lot of the tr- um, practicing and trying to figure that out was this year as we went into our off season after the, we both competed in the world championship last year in 2022. And both were like, this is going to be the year of speed. Like we need to set goals for ourselves that we think are out of reach and we're going to achieve wow. them. So we pushed hard. And with that, you're pushing hard with all the tools that other people are selling and some are using, some are not using them. And that's where our product's so good is that we spent all year training with it. We both trained with it today, actually. And we actually use our product. And that's why it's so effective and why we've had such great results. I love that. At what, what point do you like? So, I mean, let's just say that, you know, someone like myself, I, I start using it consistently and I'm seeing an increase in swing speed. At what point, like, do I need to go get remeasured or recalibrated, like, shaft wise? It all depends um, on where your swing speed's at and how your accuracy is because every swing is so different that there are people who can get away swinging really, really fast with a regular flex shaft and others that need more of a stiff setup or an extra stiff setup. It all kind of depends on your goals and more so on spin, ball flight, launch. That's where shaft optimization really comes in play is what you're doing on the course, what that ball flight looks like. And then how you can tweak that ball flight because you can tweak ball flight by lowering loft on the driver, changing the weight setup in the driver, or you can do it by a different kick point in the shaft or a stiffer setup. There are a lot of different ways. So it really just depends on what you're doing on the course. And if there's something you don't like, then it may be time to look at a different shaft. I think the first thing you'll notice is the spin thing that Sam mentioned. Um, you know, if you have your, your Callaway set at, uh, plus one, if you're adding a degree of loft, for example, and as you gain speed, you're, you're creating more friction and speed at the golf ball, which is going to cause it to spin more. And so the first thing, you know, you gain three, four or five miles an hour club speed, and all of a sudden your drives are kind of ballooning up. I think the first thing most people are going to do is turn that cog down one, instead of adding a degree of loft, play it as stated. And that brings a spin down. And also you get that extra distance because you're spinning it in that 2,400 range instead of maybe up to 3,000. That spin usually is that indicator. How many more yards is this like per mile per hour faster? About three yards. Oh, wow. Okay. Give or take, if all things are equal, obviously there's launch conditions and spin and all that, but one yard or one mile per hour is going to be about three yards. Okay. And then what kind of golf ball do you guys use? This is just kind of fascinating, especially with all, all the stuff going on with the rollback and everything else. Uh, I want to get your opinion on that, by the way. But, um, my thing is like now it's even more important to get your swing speed up because that's going to be like to me it's going to it's going to play an even more important part of the game like later on but i don't i don't know and and plus i know that you know my you know i guess i'll give you my two cents on it too it's like i have a feeling it's going to probably change between now and i mean it's what three or four years before it even goes into effect which to me oh uh which to me is like i i feel like that's going to change between now and then i i mean the, the pga didn't the tour already come out saying we don't we don't support this. So yeah, I got to think there's changes between now and then, but to your point for anyone that's an average or below average driver distance wise of the golf ball, it will be that much more imperative that they go gain another three to five miles an hour club speed to make up the gap, if not get any faster. And, you know, Sam mentioning three yards per mile an hour to someone who who's never speed trained or even someone who's using speed sticks because 
the speed gain is lost in translation to the driver. Gaining five miles an hour of club speed with the speed toad is extremely doable and uh, in a relatively short time frame too, which five miles an hour, that's 15 yards on your drive. That's next. That's one less club into the green. Yeah, no, it's a huge difference. Yeah. Do all the guys in these competitions, do they all use the same golf ball or do they do? Oh, so in competition right now, we're using the Bridgestone E9s and we all, there are buckets of balls that sit there on the tee box and you hit a specific color for whatever slot you're in so that when you're hitting at the same time, they know exactly what ball you hit. And we all hit the same ball. That ball gets hit one time in competition that gets put on the side for a range ball. And so you're all hitting brand new balls and everything. Now, when we're pushing ball speed records or something like that, you'll see some guys hitting other balls. So like left dash is a really popular one because that's pretty much the fastest ball in the world. Is it really? It's from our testing. That's been significantly fast. There's also a company out in Germany, I believe which is called a noble golf ball. Some guys like to use that. Uh, Most of my ball speed records come with the left dash. Same with Bryce. Wow. That's so cool, man. One thing about long drive, some, if you don't follow it, you hear a bunch of stories, every, all the equipment that we're using in competition is USGA conforming. So uh, the Bridgestone E9 golf ball is, is a USGA approved golf ball. Every club we go register before every tournament, the clubs have to get measured and approved. They're 48 inches or shorter which is the USGA max. And so everything, every club head shaft ball we're playing is USGA spec. So it's not like some crazy, you know, bananas equipment producing distances that are, you know, upwards of 500 yards. Has that always been the case with the, uh, with the long, like as far as the shafts go, I always thought that they were like longer shafts or, um, but, but have, was that like a newer thing where they, where they made them more uh, conform, you know, conform to the, to the standards or has that always been the case? I'm not sure when they did that. Sam, do you remember? It was a while ago, actually. It's been 48 for a while, but back in like the 90s, you'd see guys swinging like 52-inch driver shafts. In in the early 2000s, I think they changed it down to 50 inches, and then it was definitely more recently in the um, 2010s, I believe, that it became 48, and they started doing USGA because people would start talking about how it's two different sports. And while it is very much so <laughs> two different sports, we have setups that Rory could go hit on the course this weekend, and it would be completely legal for him to do. Not optimal, but it's definitely legal. I mean, I, I just didn't know, but like this also shows my age because I think I, I mean I'm 43, and I I, I always thought. I thought that that was still the case. I didn't realize that you like, I'm actually a lot more impressed now that I know that. And then also it's kind of crazy that you guys are now, I mean, you guys are breaking records. This gives you a testament to the, the speed training. I feel like, like, um, you know, you guys are breaking records, even though your shafts are shorter now than they were back then. You'd think that you think that they would actually have the equipment advantage, you know, back then. So it must be the swing speed that you guys are, must be the training that kind of goes into it. I, I would assume. It's definitely a combination. Obviously, there's advancements of technology, better shafts, lighter shafts, better club heads, better golf balls, all that stuff, too. But back then, they also measured club speed. So we can just range it based on club speed. And back then, I mean, in a world championship, fastest type guys, you'd see probably like 155 club speed. And that would probably top and out at the highest. And now, like the top guys are in the mid 160s, closing in on 170, depending on what machine you're on. Wow. That's crazy, man. That's, uh, that's so cool. So then what's the name speed toe? Tell me about how, how'd you guys come up with speed toe? <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, it, we were hitting in his garage on a Monday 
And we were like, you know what? We'd been training with the prototypes we had built and we didn't even know if we wanted to like bring it to market or sell it or just, you know, continue training. And then I said, what, what are we going to name the thing? Like, and I mean, within a minute out comes Sam's mouth, speed toad. And I was like, that's pretty good. And we sat on it for like a month trying to think of something better and it never came up. And, you know, the, the logic behind that was it sitting on top of the golf shaft looked like a mushroom head. And from back in my days of playing Mario Kart, it looks like Toad from Mario Kart. And if you get a mushroom yeah, in Mario back, Kart... Back from my days from being at Appalachian State, uh, <laughs> it looks a lot like a mushroom. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, Mario Kart, you get a speed boost when you have a mushroom. So let's get a mushroom in real life, get a speed boost, and the Speed Toad was born. Love it. Love it. That's cool, man. We're not super serious guys, so we kind of like we like to keep it fun and light, and it kind of matched that. You know, just kind of fun and light, nothing too serious. Well, thank God, because I'm getting ready to ask you some really random ass questions that I ask everyone on the podcast. That it, if you were serious, you 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 do a Sam, you'd probably bounce <laughs> on me, but uh, and, and that's okay if you do. It's okay if you do. All right. So the the question, one of the questions I always ask everyone is, can a human being eat a golf ball, swallow a golf ball, basically, and live? Yes. I'm going to say yes, because that Kobayashi guy hitting hot do- or down in hot dogs was out of this world. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Joey, Joey Chestnut, too. Yeah, the, the hot dog guy comes up quite a bit. Yeah. I've asked, I've probably asked 100 people this, guys, and it is split down the middle. It's 50-50. And, like, I go back and forth with it. I don't know the answer. Like, I don't really know. Like, this this came up because I said, I told on one of the podcasts, I told Panda that um, if we get, like, 150,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel, we're pretty far away from that still, but I will never tell I will never tell the albatross story again and he was like bullshit man if you're playing pine one with a bunch of like you know jabronis who are terrible at golf and one of them hits like and you know makes a birdie it's like oh my god it's the most amazing shot in soul ever you're telling me you're not going to tell them about your albatross i'm like no i won't and like all right well you're gonna have to do something and he came up with eat a golf ball so like that's that yeah anyway so that's you know, the more I think about it, the extraction process concerns me more than the ingestion, so the extraction. My, my thinking on that is it takes a very specific person, and I think there's a high chance of the population eating a golf ball. They're going to die. There's going to be some impaction there. But with certain people, I think it can probably move through their digestive system. Obviously, we have harder and more crazy digestive systems than dogs. But man, dogs can eat anything and it goes through them. So while we got a little bit more twists and turns that we have there, I think it might be possible that somebody would live through that. Yeah, we got a doctor on here. We got a doctor on the call. He can give that's us true. the that's expert. That's true. I, I know. I'm just, My just professional thinking that too, man. Opinion, not telling anyone to do it is I think there's a few people that could live. I think a lot of people, they if they try and listen to this podcast and eat it, first off, they shouldn't be listening because they're not smart enough they don't to do hear it. what we're yep. talking about. But <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people who end up in the hospital with something impacted that they'd have to get out. Yeah. I mean, you know, my thought is, is like, you're probably going to, like, if you can get it, I would worry about choking. Like, you're going to, like, probably suffocate. But, you know, then again, like, people swallow swords. Uh, and also you've got, um, you know, Shaquille O'Neal, that dude's got a big everything. Like he's got a big esophagus. So I'm assuming, I don't know. It'd be like eating a peanut for us. Check out, no, if you've watched America's Got Talent, they have the professional regurgitator on there and he can swallow anything. If you haven't seen that for everyone, look it up. That dude's crazy. He can swallow blades, cut things in half. He can open locks in his stomach. He's a guy that can swallow. He swallowed a pool ball. Open locks in his stomach? Look it up. He's swallowed pool balls. He's... 
it's it's a good watch. You got to watch him. <laughs> wow. All right. So I've got I got a couple things to research. Left dash. That's first and foremost. <laughs> and second, Titleist Pro V1 Left Dash. If you never hit one, yeah, it's a Titleist Pro V1. It's got literally it just says a left dash, and if if you never hit one, when you hit it feels like a rock. It's hard. <laughs> so Bryce, it's funny you said that because I I, th- I didn't know if it was the same thing, but my, my buddy I was playing with the other day, um, I don't play with him very often, but but good guy. Shout out to you, Cleet. But anyway, he, he, he basically was like, oh no, I only, he gave me like a couple Pro V1s and he said, here man, I, I only play left dashes. And I'm like, oh, but it, it's a Pro V1. He's like, yeah, yeah. But then he showed me the left dash. I had never seen it before. And he, the way he described it was like, it's kind of in between like a Pro V1 and a Pro V1X, but um, I don't know if that's true or not, but no. Not according to me, I think it's it's definitely harder than a Pro V1X. So it goes like Pro V1, Pro V1X, then Pro V1 left dash. It is harder. It spins less. It has a lower ball flight. And that's why guys like us who swing super fast want to hit it because it's not going to spin a whole bunch. But your approach shot, like your eight iron into a green on a par four, you're going to get another like seven yards. I played with them on the course just because I win or golf. It's like, I don't care what golf ball. And, uh, yeah, you, you almost have to club down a little bit because it's so low spinning that you'll get another seven, eight yards of carry out of those irons. Everybody's going to think we're rolling in it because you don't care what club or what ball you hit on the course in winter and you're hitting left dashes. It's because <laughs> after we hit them uh, for true. PRs, well, we, we yeah, have a after, bunch of extras. <laughs> after we beat them up, that's right. After we beat them up in the garage, I take them out of the course and play with them until they crack. <laughs> Your balls crack? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we probably... Probably broke four or five today training alone. No way. Seriously? Absolutely. I think. Holy shit, man. I don't think I've ever broken a golf ball ever. (laughs) I have a bucket in my garage of balls that we've just kept that we've broken. I got to get rid of it because it overflowed. But I mean, we probably have 150 in there from that we broke training the last year. Dude, that is crazy to me. I I would have never I would have never thought that. I mean, I, I didn't I didn't know that was a thing. I mean, I compress the ball, but like, I don't, I guess, I guess I don't really compress it compared to you guys. That's insane. We found like the sweet spot of like the ball. We have to, you know, the life of every different type of ball until it starts breaking as far as how many swing counts. And I mean, if we use some type, some balls, we'd go broke training for this sport because we'd break them all, you know, so often. Wow. But. That's crazy, man. All right. My other random, this is even more random. This, I'm just kind of curious on what you guys, you guys seem like good dudes. So I'd love to hear your opinion on this. So are there more, especially you doc, are there more legs or eyes in the world? Are there more legs or eyes in the world? Now, this could be any being. Whenever I say that, everyone's like, any being? No, I don't mean any being. I mean any being, anything that's alive. So we're including fish. We're including all of it. Are there more eyes or legs in the world? I'm going legs right off the bat. I think I'm feeling strong about that just between, especially if we're counting animals. Animals have a lot of legs, and there's a lot less animals that have more than one eye, albeit if we're talking spiders and stuff, that's where it becomes a little bit interesting. But every spider also has a bunch of legs. So I'm going to say legs outweigh <laughs> that. Immediately I started talking about amputees and people with one eye and things like that. But I think we need to go into the animal kingdom for the answer to this one. What do you think, Bryce? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Insects too. I think the answer is in the ocean. That's a lot of eyeballs with no legs. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. 
Yeah, fins don't count. I'm with you. I, I'm actually with you, Bryce. I don't. The, the the terrible part about this question is I don't have an answer. Like I feel so bad when I ask this because it like just drives people insane because <laughs> it's been driving me crazy ever since I heard this question. And I'm like, you know, but but yeah, I think I'm with you, man. I think there's so many fish out there that we don't even really know about, right? Um, that you know they don't have legs, but there are a lot of. I mean, I can see both sides here, man. It drives me nuts. The uh, I mean, centipedes. Centipedes are legs for days. That's. I mean, how many centipedes do you think there are? That's a hundred legs for a lot of them. Plus, that's true. But are we counting tentacles for octopus? Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> but what about the wolf spider? Those are see tentacles. I don't know, man. Those, I don't know if we can count. Are those legs? I guess they are legs, sort of. I don't know. I mean, they're tentacles. So. <laughs> yeah. But you know, then, then then the wolf spider. Someone blew my mind. They're like, they said, you know, the wolf spider has like, I don't know, like sixty eyes or something crazy. So like, I don't know. Who, who knows? I might change. I might change my answer then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll you, tell you what. You go count them all. Go swim in the ocean. Start counting them. Come back and tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> All right. All right. Deal. All right. I'm on it. I really do appreciate you guys hop, hopping on here. Um, and, and let me just, uh, you know, let me just kind of ex- share with you guys how it's so all. I'll get this thing edited and then I'll, sh- I'll shoot it over to you guys. And, and if you don't mind sharing on sh- your social and then vice versa, and then whatever I can do to help, man, like I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely gonna be doing these swing eight, uh, Saturdays coming up here. So I'll definitely do a review and I'll shoot it over to you. And like I said, man, I've loved it so far. So I, I, and I love the approach that you guys have. I just love anyone that like has an idea or a dream and chases it. And, um, and I love that you guys kind of came together and, and are going after it, man. Like kudos to you. Thank you. Appreciate it. I think all three of us have that, that in similarity as far as just chasing dreams. And if you have an idea, go for it. Uh, did you get the speed program that came with the speed toad? I think so. Uh, actually, I mean, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen it. If, if so, is it separate or is it something that I need to subscribe to or something? So it was on a QR code in the box, but I'll email you the link. Um, it basically walks you through all the way up to 44 weeks, depending how intense you want to get with your speed training on every week. Here's what to do and all the drills. So I'll send you that link. And then I would love to see you gain five miles an hour like that. And so as you have questions, as you follow that, shoot us a note, man. We're, we'd love to help you out and give you tips and pointers or answer questions you might have. Yeah, I might take you up on that. I mean, and, and I, I saw I saw you guys were asking, maybe you guys even offer it. But um, as far as like I've got the I got the flight scope uh, Mevo Plus. Will that tell me swing speed? Not on dry swings. It will tell you on clubs, um, club speed when you're hitting a ball, but we also have on our website a PRGR, which probably what Bryce just grabbed. Yep. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Have you seen these? So these, in my opinion, it's the best bang for your buck. Flight scope's great too. This is, it's $230 and uh, super speed sells them, um, stack system sells them. Um, they measure, like Sam said, they measure the dry swing speed when you're not hitting a golf ball. So it'll tell you uh, club speed. And in my opinion, for anyone, so you can see right there, it's the best bang for your buck for a launch monitor. It reads club speed, ball speed, smash factor, and then estimates total distance. Um, so anyone saying, like, I want a launch monitor, but I don't want to fork over dough, like, this works really well for speed training and at the range. Oh, I'll buy it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I do it. I'm the easiest sell on this stuff because I, I, I'm just like, yep, I need it. That's what I need right there. Buy it off the speedtoad.com. <laughs> exactly. I will. I will for sure, man. I will for sure. Well, all right, boys. Well, thank, thanks again. Are you, are you guys coming to the PGA show or, or no? You are. Oh, cool. Speed Toad will be at the PGA show. All right, man. Cool. Well, let's get Speed Toad hooked up with Ditiyama. And then we actually just had this guy, Brandon, on the podcast last week. He was, I don't, you've probably seen him on social. He He's trying, this guy's trying to basically 
play Augusta. Like he, have you, have you seen him? He's playing. Yep. I've seen that. Yep. Talking to everybody trying to play Augusta. Yes, yes, yes. So, so we had him on the we had him on the podcast. And anyway, he's going to be down there too. So I mean, he could be a great. He's got a great following and stuff too, man. So um, and you're going to be there. I'm going to be there. Yeah, we're gonna we don't have like a booth or anything, but we're gonna we're gonna go and network and and you know hook up some people. So yeah, definitely. I mean, I, we live in Tampa, so we're we're pretty close by. But we're gonna we're gonna be spending the whole week there. So definitely, uh, when we get closer to it, let's definitely stay in touch and maybe we can maybe we can meet up. I don't know if you guys are going to be golfing while you're down, but um, you know let let us know. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a great night. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. All right, man. We'll be in touch. See you. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Don't miss out on our upcoming golf giveaways and experiences. They're exclusive to our subscribers, and all you got to do is subscribe. And until next time, golf's easy. Think fairways and greens. Here we go. Come on. Did I tell you about my albatross?